It's time for episode 205 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 6th, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that defies the waltz by moving in two-quarter time. Okay, now that I have upset every single musician for, uh, you know, just just ruining the rules of music by making a joke, let me introduce my co-host, Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. I understand it takes two to tango, Micah, so maybe we <laughs> should do that instead of waltzing. And, and today, it takes four to tango. Mm. I am so happy to have the one and only Allison Sheridan of the Nozilla cast and Pod Feet uh, Professional. Uh, how are you doing, Allison? I'm excited to be back. It seems like it's uh, it's been a little while, and I get to be on with my roommate. We actually requested this show. Yeah, this was a special a special request. Let me introduce to my left, writer, podcaster, author of iOS Access for All, Shelly Brisbane is here. Hi, Shelly. Hello. This is like total podcast request live something. I, I thought of a better one than that, but anyway. Total clockwise live. That's it. Total clockwise live. That's us, except we're, we're not even live today, but we are here and, and, and ready. We are so ready. And in fact, let me just tell you, uh, some of you may know how this works. Basically, we've got four tech topics. We try not to take longer than 30 minutes. I've already said too much. So let's get going. Um, now, I'm sure that, you know, we've all been guilty of, of seeing the terms and conditions and all of that kind of jazz and just hitting that accept button really quick and just moving along. But most apps, at least the ones on iOS, when you're kind of going through them, it will pop up and say, hey, can we use your location? Hey, can we use your microphone? Hey, can we have access to your photos? And I'm just curious um, if you pay attention to those notifications, to those requests, or are those a little bit like terms and services where you just go ahead and hit the accept button and move along? Allison, we'll start with you. I definitely pay attention to those. And in fact, it was kind of interesting this week. I set my mother-in-law up with an iPhone for the first time and I told her how to figure out what to do. I said, look at it and decide if that's a reasonable request. If a map app asks you for your location, well, would they need that information? Yes, they would. You would say yes. When Twitter asks you for that, that doesn't necessarily, you know, that doesn't provide value to you maybe. So maybe you want to say no. So I pay a lot of attention to it. And I also value that the way the iOS apps work, you get the request based on uh, each individual time that something needs that service. So you don't have to say blanket yes when you install the app. And I think that might be the way it is on Android. At least it was at one time. But with the iOS, when you go to say, I want to attach a picture to Twitter, it's going to say, oh, can I have access to your pictures? Oh, yes. I just asked for that. Good answer. So yeah, I really do pay attention to that. And I care a lot whether it's asking me for some of those things. I probably should pay a lot more attention. Um, I tend to do, I mean, I, I, go, I definitely go through that threshold of, is this a reasonable request from this app? And there are a lot of apps that I won't give location access, but most of the apps I'm downloading, generally the thing they're asking for is pretty central to whatever the app is doing. So, you know, for example, if I'm going to use a photo app, of course, I'm going to give it access to my photos. If I'm using some sort of recording app, I'm going to give it access to the microphone. Now, what concerns me is the the occasions where giving out that uh, ability 
could possibly lead to other purposes. I'd heard people, I, I have no credence for this other than an anecdotal story, but it was an interesting one. People saying they were talking about things and then they went on Instagram and noticed that there were ads for the things that they were talking about, which seems really creepy. And I was like, well, uh, why would why would Instagram, you know, how would they be able to do that? And of course I realized, well, they shoot video, so they need access to the microphone. So it makes you wonder, what are they doing with that, right? Because it, it may be beyond just the, uh, you know, the sort of obvious, like, surface level capabilities and so i think there probably is a lot more uh question over like the privacy policies and the terms of service in these cases um that you might need to delve into a little easier than or a little deeper than just like giving blanket access to things so i, I agree it's always worth considering the app and and being cautious about these things but i am probably it's more of a do as do as i say and not as i do advice in this case <laughs> I do pay a lot of attention. I always get annoyed when I'm asked for three or four levels of, well, I want photos, I want microphone, I want all these permissions. And for an app that I'm just installing for something I want to do casually, I always pay attention and I give or deny permission as appropriate. Sometimes I get a little carried away because it's an app I'm eager to use. I have some specific thing going on right now. Oh, I need to join Snapchat right away for some reason. So sometimes I click through them a little quickly in order to get to the place that I want to get to. And then what I do is in iOS, I go back to privacy settings and I sometimes rescind those permissions. And so I always feel bad about it when I just click, okay, 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 I want to start using the app right now. But then it's important to go back, even if you get carried away like that. Uh, be sure and know where those settings are in iOS or Android so that you can uh, make rational decisions when you're thinking more clearly. All fantastic answers. Yeah, I so the the way that this came about is I was sitting in a coffee shop with some friends and uh, a friend of mine pulled out her phone and she said, Oh, I wonder where blah, blah, blah is right now. And she opened up the Snapchat app and she pulled open a map and across this map, you could see all these little avatars standing in different locations. And if they were at a shopping mall, then it would show them like holding bags. And if they were somewhere else, it might show them eating food. And that is terrifying to me. Like this is just, you know, th this is just my friend who who could potentially have access to my location. I went in immediately and made sure that I had that turned off. I did, thank God. But yeah, I, I feel like I was always more likely to hit no on notifications because I hate it when apps notify me, and yes on the rest of the things because it made sense for the functionality of the app. But now because of that whole little Snapchat thing and the fact that the friend of mine who you know is sort of not steeped in technology was just like, oh, you know, it's kind of fun. It's no big deal. And I'm like, oh no, everybody's sort of giving away their privacy. <laughs> and not realizing how big a deal this is. So yeah, everybody pay attention to what you're giving out and make sure that your Snapchat location is turned off if you don't want people to have access to exactly where you are at any given time. Allison, let's move on to your question. Well, how many of you just opened Snapchat to see what you've got it set to? <laughs> that is terrifying. Well, with all of the speculation about uh, future events, you know, we go crazy about what's going to happen next in the future in the tech industry. We're always trying to prognosticate. What were the dumbest things you've predicted out and said out loud to others about the future of tech? Dan? Oh, man. I went back to look because I knew I had written an article at some point at Macworld about some prediction, but I couldn't find it. However, I did remember that, and I, I feel like maybe I'm on Gene Munster levels of, like, Apple TV um, prognostication here, <laughs> which is that every single year, I feel like I'm always like, oh, yeah, this is the year that Apple's going to do a subscription television <laughs> service. And maybe it's just wishful thinking, the idea 
video like, oh, I would love a subscription television service from Apple where I can just pay a monthly fee and get all my shows. Um, and I, I swear to God, I've been predicting this since like I first started working in this industry, which is more than a decade ago. And I've never been right. So I guess, <laughs> I, you know, maybe there's a stopped clock thing going on there. And eventually I'll be able to to crow in victory that I have predicted this all along. But after, you know, 10 years of being wrong about it, uh, it certainly feels a little I'm a little more abashed about it. I'm I'm torn because Dan kind of took mine. Should I go back to Apple's AIX server from the 90s would be a big deal? I don't know. Uh, but I'll just, I'll expand on mine, which was going to be about Apple TV as well. I wasn't a, an Apple TV uh, fangirl from way back, but when the fourth gen was being uh, rumored, I was sure that not only would it be a subscription service, but that it would be a set-top set box and would solve all my problems. And that was what it was all about for me. It wasn't that I... F- figured out Apple's uh, business strategy and discounted the fact that they would be fighting with Amazon or whoever. I just really wanted an Apple-branded box that would run whatever television, whether it be streaming service or cable, uh, that I had in my house. And so I convinced myself and said out loud on various podcasts that that was going to happen. And so clearly, not the case. Uh, All this voice technology, I was very sort of not against it per se, but just like a non-believer in the beginning whenever it came around. I was convinced that Siri wasn't going to be something that people wanted to mess around with. And yes, jokingly, a lot of times it does fail us. But uh, we've got all these these different devices. I'm afraid to say any of the, the keywords for Amazon's devices because I have multiple ones with multiple keywords in my home. Um, and I uh, we're definitely going the way of the, not the dodo bird, but the way of the voice-controlled computer a lot faster than I ever said. And I was like, ah, yeah, there's no way. Nobody's going to do that. And I see people all the time, again, the norms, the normal people, the people who aren't as steeped in technology as we are, talking to Siri all the time and having absolutely no problem when it fails and they just start over and, and try again. So um, I should have been more bullish on on voice-controlled computer systems, I think. Well, Mike, I'm I'm glad you brought the level of intelligence down below where Dan and Shelley started the bar because I'm gonna I'm gonna go so much lower that my two favorite things that I said was no one will ever or there's no need for a bigger screen than the one on the 512k iMac <laughs> and why would you ever need color oh. on the screen? <laughs> I, I, I am such I'm so not a visionary that that those are the kind of Literally. things that I've said out loud. Yes, exactly, exactly. Why would you need color? I mean, I can read this type text in black and white just fine. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh my goodness. Well, I am checking the time on my full color watch and it is halftime. And that means it's with a bigger screen. <laughs> and the screen is larger than 4K. No. Uh, and that means it's time to thank our friends at Squarespace. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Squarespace. You can enter the offer code Clockwise at checkout and you're going to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award winning templates, and loads more. Maybe you want to create an online portfolio or a blog or a store. Well, Squarespace has an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. You don't have to worry about installing anything. There aren't patches, no upgrades. Honestly, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has it covered for you. They've got award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed so you can show off your great ideas. 
I love Squarespace because they literally have the latest technology as soon as I want it. When Apple Pay hit, it was like, oh yeah, just go on and go here and enable it. And when HTTPS was like really starting to become mainstream, it was like, oh yeah, just go in here and flip a switch and suddenly you have HTTPS. It's fantastic about just making those things happen when you need them. So how much does it cost? Well, Plans start at just 12 bucks a month, and here's the kicker. You get to start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, please do use the offer code clockwise, because you're going to get 10% off your first purchase, and you'll be showing your support for our very show. We thank you, Squarespace, for your support. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website. Dan? It is time for the second half of the show. What do you got for us? All right. So there's an Apple event coming next week, September 12th. And there are many rumors about what we might see from Apple Watches to iPhones, possibly other things that are be surprising to all of us. My question for you guys is, what are you most sort of excited about the potential of going into this event? Shelly? I guess I'm going to have to go. In one way, it's the most pedestrian thing. But in another way, it's the most unknown thing at least to me is i the, the fancy phone the super the thousand dollar phone whatever they're calling it the the rumor is that we will have a three phones to choose from this time around and that the most innovative of the three is going to be the the most high-end one and that's what i'm looking forward to because it seems like whatever new groundbreaking technology apple has that's where it's going to be and despite all the rumors and pictures online i try to only pay attention to about half of those, and usually it's the wrong half. But I am real curious to see what that phone is going to be. And before you ask, uh, I'm not planning to buy it. I just want to see it and uh, dream of it and watch other people pay $1,000. <laughs> yes, I do like to watch other people spend money. I'm right there with you. Um, I think I'm most excited, believe it or not, uh, about what Apple will say with the new Apple TV. We, you know, it's rumored that there's going to be a new one and it's going to have 4K support and maybe some other things. And, you know, Apple TV sort of gets a lot of crud and with good reason. So I'm curious, A, how it's going to look and B, how Apple sort of sells it. What are the features? What's going to make this thing awesome? What's going to make me with two fourth generation Apple TVs in my home want to upgrade to this new one other than the fact that I lack self-control completely <laughs> when it comes to consumer technology? So we'll see. But uh, that's the thing that I'm most looking forward to with, uh, of course, a little place in my heart for the spiderweb covered tater tot, otherwise known as the HomePod. So I'm actually going to answer the opposite question. The thing I'm the most afraid of is a new 4K HDR Apple TV, because that is uh. that is going to be the most expensive thing on the list. And I'll tell you why. When I bought a DVD player for the first time, it cost me four thousand dollars. I only paid 200 for the for the DVD player, the Blu-ray DVD player, I should say. I had to get a bigger TV because all of a sudden everything was letterboxed. And then I realized that that uh, my sound system wasn't good enough because now I've got all this great high definition audio. So I had to get a new sound system. And then, uh, <laughs> man, we were spending all this time in the family room. I had to get a new couch. And then I realized, man, with that new couch, that carpet was looking really nasty. It cost me $4,000 by that. And that's what's going to happen with Apple TV because I'm going to have to buy a new TV. And that's only what I can predict. I know it's going to get much, much worse. So that phone, Shelly, that's not the expensive item. It's that Apple <laughs> TV that's going to kill you. <laughs> 
Uh, those are all really good things, and I want to know about each and every one of them. But the thing that I'm most interested in learning about, which Micah gave a little mention there at the end, is the HomePod. I'm very curious to see if it gets a little more time on the stage, and especially if they demo some more of the voice uh, capability, because that is one thing that they did not really spend a lot of time on at WWDC. They mainly focused on music, which kind of makes sense. But I think with so much competition in this market, I'm kind of curious to see if they've got an answer for why this is a better idea than an Echo or a Google Home or any of the numerous other competitors that are coming out now. So I'm kind of jazzed to hear what's what's going on with that and and why why I really want to pay $350 to, you know, replace my Echo or other devices. So I could be convinced. But all the other stuff sounds great, too. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let us go to our last topic, which comes from Shelly. So I just got back from a week's vacation in the woods. It was lovely. And uh, I knew they weren't going to have Wi-Fi and that we would have spotty cell phone access. And I did it anyway, strangely enough. Uh, But I did pack my devices with plenty of entertainment and information for the week. Uh, So I thought to make it a torturous question for you all, imagine yourself in a similar situation. You're going away for a week. You can have your devices. You've got cell service. You can go into town every couple days for a cup of internet, but not enough to download necessarily. So uh, what are you going to pack on your phone and or tablets? One kind of content, podcasts, eBooks, audiobooks, games, music, movies. What is the one kind of content that you're going to take along on your week's vacation in the woods? Okay, if I get one kind of content, it's definitely downloadable TV shows on Netflix. In fact, it's just one. It's NBC's The Office, because I could watch that every day and every night for the rest of time, and I would never get sick of that show. So it helps me pass the time, and I would be just, I would be happy. And, uh, you know, assuming I'm with people that um, I... I, like I'm with my partner, we both love the heck out of that show. So we would both be just fine having just NBC's The Office and no Wi-Fi to connect to anybody. You know, I've actually run into this quite a few times this year. Um, we were in Peru. We were in the Galapagos. We were in um, at uh, Yellowstone, which oddly enough in the United States has no cellular service. I've been in four or five places recently without it. And my first answer, my instinct was podcasts, of course, because that's what I love to consume when I'm at home. But I never, ever listen to them when I'm on these vacations. And I find that really interesting. The first time I noticed it was we were in Italy and we went for a run out in the Tuscany Valley. And I thought, oh, this is great. I'm going to put on a tech podcast while I run like I always do. And it felt completely wrong. I turned it off and I unplugged my headphones and I ran without it. And I don't know what it is. When I'm in a different setting, I don't listen to podcasts. I don't I don't really do much with my phone. I do with my iPad and with my Mac. I'll play with my photos. So I'm not like completely on tech connected, but it's it's not about the content anymore. It, ju- it just disappears from my need. And it's not like I feel bad about it. I just don't don't like it. I don't know why. Like Allison, I've been in a few places recently with less than stellar cell cell connection or no Wi-Fi, so I've I had to think about this a little bit. I, I'm gonna go with two answers. One is the like one is like the junk food answer of what I know I would probably do, which is like my guy would load up on TV shows for me, probably just to show like latest episodes of whatever I've been watching, um, or possibly just finding some sort of new show to binge on. But like I would feel guilty about that. And what I want to say, what I would do, like the eat my vegetables <laughs> approach, is like I would load up on books so I could finally 
finally catch up on on this like huge pile of books I am supposed to be reading. Uh, and so I think in the long term that would be better to me, and I would feel a lot better about it. But it would definitely be some adjustment for those first few days when it's like, oh god, I just want to relax and watch a television show. Why do I have to like read? It's like work. Um, so yeah, I'm, but I, I one of those, and and it depends on whether I'm feeling like in a need for self improvement or just like super lazy. Well, because I've done these trips, trips before, I, I know myself well enough to know that even if I pack up on podcasts like Allison, I'm not going to listen to them. And part of it for me is that somehow I feel like podcasts need to be timely. And even though five days or whatever, however long ago it's been since I downloaded them, isn't a very long time. When I'm out in the woods, it seems like they're aging very, very quickly, even though I'll probably listen to them when I get home. For me, the answer is audiobooks, because I like to spend my time in the woods by the lake in a hammock. And it's just great to have a book that I don't take the time to read because I like to listen to audiobooks in longer stretches than I would podcasts. And so just the hours that I spend in the hammock or fishing or hanging out in the cabin or whatever it is that I'm doing, I actually get to, I finished two books on this trip. And I don't know that I feel more educated because they were like World War II historical fiction. So, you know, it wasn't vegetables. It was more like I don't know. It was um, maybe fried vegetables or something. Anyway, it was it, it, it was <laughs> candy, candy coated, coated vegetables. vegetables. That's so good. Uh, anyway, it was it was quite delicious. And uh, thank God I don't actually have to make the choice to only pick one kind of content because uh, I did watch a few movies as well at night. Oh, excellent, excellent. I'm going to have to take some candy-coated vegetables on my next trip. Uh, I just checked the time, and we have reached the end of the show, but there, of course, is time for one bonus topic. And this week's bonus question is sponsored by our friends at Linode. Linode lets you get set up in seconds with their fast and powerful hosting. Their tools are easy to understand, and they let you choose your resources and Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility you need. And Linode plans now start at just five bucks a month. You get a Linux server with a gig of RAM in the Linode cloud. Whether you're just getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. Linode offers the fastest hardware and network with fantastic customer support behind it all. It's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. And Linode guarantees 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once your server is up, they keep it that way. Linode is great for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, running a private Git server, operating powerful applications, and a whole lot more. Linode has fantastic pricing options available. You can get a server with a gigabyte of RAM for just 5 bucks a month, and you can go all the way up to 16 gigs of RAM for just 60 bucks a month. Across the board, Linode are offering twice the amount of RAM you're going to get elsewhere. As a listener of this very show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you're not only going to be supporting us, but you're also going to get $20 towards any Linode plan. And let me remind you, the plan started just 5 bucks a month. With a 7-day money-back guarantee, there's literally nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or you can use the promo code CLOCKWISE2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show. My question for you is one I totally didn't come up with at the last minute. Uh, your tech startup name is the color of your toothbrush and the first noun in the last text message you sent. So I love these little games. I want to know what your tech startup is called and basically like a quick blip of what it does. So it's the color of your toothbrush and the first noun in the last text message you sent. Allison, we'll start with you. 
Well, I really like how mine came out. I, I was hoping it would be ridiculous, but unfortunately it came out intelligent. It's uh, Green Family. And I just picture these happy people talking about how they, you know, on the on the banner page shows them, you know, recycling and they're doing solar energy and all this stuff. It's going to be amazing. I love it. Micah, I'm going to get sued because, no joke, I looked and the my thing is Blue Dinner. I'm pretty sure there's a company out there that is going to be upset with that and isn't going to let me do that. So uh, mine, because I approach text messages the way I approach writing cover letters and I start with the word you instead of I, mine is Blue You. <laughs> and what does, what does Blue You do? Um... I don't know. I don't want to think about it. I hadn't gotten that far. I, just, I, I, I think it is some sort of like personal care, constant contact, touchy-feely, way too much email kind of start startup with lots of faces and happy puppies. Way too much email is what I, I like it. from my startup. Way too much email. Way too. I love it. I love it. Well, mine is Green Security. Um, so I guess Allison's company and mine are friends. And I guess what that would be is like uh, the, the packages that I sell is like, okay, you have a security system right now, right? Well, yours sucks because it's ruining the environment. So get green security, <laughs> which while, uh, you know, keeps everything sustainable, will keep you secure. All right, Dan, that is the end of another episode of Clockwise. We did it. Indeed, we did. And, and on, in record time almost. Yes, all that's left is to thank our wonderful guests. Of course, Allison Sheridan, we are so happy to have you back. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Anytime. I'll get up at 6.30 in the morning to go exercise just to be here. Aw, <laughs> that thank you is for dedication. That. Shelley Brisbane, thank you so much for being here as well. Thanks for having me and uh, letting me be on the show with my roomie, Allison, from across the internet. <laughs> And Micah, I guess we're technically roomies across the internet, sort of. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. We share an internet space. Uh, hey, please wash those dishes in the sink. I know you said they were just soaking. Uh, uh, all right. Well, I got to go and do that now. <laughs> so it's uh, time for us to remind all our good friends out there listening, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>